Hello, I'm Caroline Craighead. Welcome to the final episode of Brass Taxes for this season. This being the last week of tax season in normal times, but we're not in normal times, and so as you may know, uh, tax day is now May 17th. We've got an interview for you this episode with TV writer and co-founder of Pay Up Hollywood, Deirdre Mangan, and her fiancé, comedian and writer, Adam Newman. Before we get to that, though... So you've heard me complaining a lot about the PPP, and then eventually I did get my first draw loan. But, you know, one thing that I think people might be missing and that we at Brass Taxes feel like people might be missing is that I'm not in some unique position. What qualified me for this loan qualifies a a lot of people qualify for this loan who may have no inkling that they are somebody who qualifies for this. And it is now that things are kind of smoothed out. It is a a thing that has a finite window, but that is easier to apply for than you may think. Uh, So in addition to my firsthand experience, uh, we wanted to bring in the in-house expert at Brass Taxes on the PPP loan and how everything has been unfolding over the past year with the Paycheck Protection Program. Joining me now is Eric Stoddard. Hey, Eric. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on, Caroline. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. You know, the PPP program, Paycheck Protection Program, PPP loan, it's kind of gone by all of those names, has changed so many times over the last year. And that has made it really hard to follow at times mm-hmm. and has maybe caused a lot of disinformation at times. But I think the most important thing to drive home here is if you have freelance self-employed income of any sort, whether it's your primary gig or just on the side, this is a program where you can get some cash in your pocket. Yeah, I think like I I knew that that was possible, that it was like, OK, this is for small businesses. But as we know, like small businesses are up to 500 employees. So sometimes things that are for small businesses are absolutely not for freelancers. Uh, and so but this is a program and especially now with recent changes, it's for freelancers like they have as much access to this as uh, as the larger companies. Yeah, 100 percent. And And just to kind of kick it off at the top just to talk through the basics of it, yeah, is if you received any freelance 1099 self-employed income, however you want to categorize that, stuff that wasn't a W-2 employee, then that is going to be considered revenue that will qualify for a forgivable loan. When we say forgivable loan, is technically this application process is going to get a loan that is immediately afterwards because you've kind of stepped through the, the correct steps to in, in getting that application done to get it 100% forgiven. So in other words, we're going to say forgivable loan just because that is going to be the language you're going to see when you're going through that application process. Mm. But this is, for all intents and purposes, a completely tax-free grant, free money effectively that you're getting. And I hate to use those words because it sounds hyperbolic, but you don't want to leave this money on the table. When you say tax-free, that means that like you as the receiver, as the small business, as the individual independent contractor who's receiving it, you don't pay taxes on that as income. But 
the use of it as a freelancer is like you have to use it to pay yourself, right, in order for it to qualify as a forgivable loan, meaning that it's, as you said, a grant that you don't have to pay back. Um, so I have to pay it to myself over a two and a half month period as just a sole proprietor. I'm one person, so I've only got myself that I pay. Um, that payment to myself, using it as payment to myself, then it becomes taxable income that I've paid myself, right? And I have to pay income taxes on it. No, what? it is completely and entirely off the books in terms of it is not on your tax return in any way. You're still able to any of that money that you use to either pay yourself or take as business expenses. You can still take those expenses. However, it is not taxable in any way whatsoever. Eric, you're blowing my mind. So my loan was 18,700 something. So I, you know, say that that's all my business did that year is like get this money. I don't have to pay any taxes on that. Yeah, that's correct. And the only, you know, there, there's the only exception to all of this is federally, it's not taxable. In most of the states, it's not taxable. However, there are a few states that have some weird caveats on, on whether you're able to use it for expenses. But for, for the most part, you can consider this in, 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 in most of the, the major states. We're talking about uh, population-wise, New York, mm-hmm. California, New Jersey, Florida, Texas, it's all non-taxable. Mm, major in terms of population and also those are the cool states. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's so the really... vast, vast majority of Americans, right, are, right. are, are not going to have to pay any tax on this whatsoever. I had no idea, honestly, until we were talking right now. And that's what, like, I was talking to my dad because I'm going to buy a car with this money. And he was like, you got to make sure you're setting aside the taxes. And I was like, I know I'm going to have to report it as profit and I'm going to owe like regular freelance profit, you know, taxes on that income. But you're telling me that that is not the case. You're telling everyone that's not the case. And this is the first I'm hearing that that's not the I didn't even read the price. Absolutely. Price, so. yeah. And, yeah. And and on top of that, I mean, the, the major ch- change that they've made just recently, this happened towards the end of February, is the the dollar amount that you can now use to qualify for your loans yeah. or for these forgivable loans is now based off of your revenue and not your profit. And that was a huge, huge shift for a lot of people, right? Because so let's, let, just to, to back up when we're talking about revenue versus yeah. profit here, let's say, you know, when you bill clients, you you have $50,000 at the end of the year of total invoices that you sent out. But then you've also, in terms of creating some of the stuff that you delivered to those clients, it was like $10,000 worth of stuff. Mm. So 50,000 was your revenue, 10,000 was your expenses, and therefore 40,000 was your profit. Right. Nowadays, um, and this is a huge shift to how the PPP was even earlier this year, even two months ago, this was different, is now the amount that you're going to be able to get is based off of your revenue, mm-hmm. your and- amount before expenses. And that would be allow you to qualify likely for a much larger amount than you would have been able to previously. Yeah, that was the case for me and and probably for a lot of people, because obviously, if you're in business and you're spending money to make money, you have expenses, then your uh, your net profit is going to be lower than your gross revenue. And just to link those, because I think that language is used in the, I remember when I was applying, they were saying like, now it's on the gross. It's based on the gross. So gross is your revenue. That's everything that came in. And it's just roughly about 20% of of what you showed on your tax return is what they're talking about, like as the amount you can get or the most you qualify for, right? Like for Yeah. The, the, the exact equation is you're going to get take your revenue, that gross, gross revenue, and yeah. you're going to divide it by 12, multiply it by two and a half. Right. It's it's effectively two and a half months of your gross revenue is what your maximum loan is going to be. 
And um, that is up to a maximum of uh, of equivalent to about $21,000 of, of a loan. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it hits out at a, a top ceiling there. But um, so if you've got $100,000 or more of revenue, you're going to top out and you're going to max out for a $21,000 loan. But again, in that case, that's a, a, a easy math. You had $100,000 in, in gross mm-hmm. revenue, then you're going to walk away with a $21,000 tax-free grant. <laughs> check grant in your pocket. I mean, but you do, in order for it to become like a grant uh, where you don't have to pay it back, so it's not like a loan loan, uh, you have to apply for forgiveness as the forgivable loan, right? Right. And and that'll be through the same financial institution that you got your loan through is is, going to be within like three or four months after the application. So they're going to open up forgiveness applications. And again, as long as you used your, your tax return to calculate the number that you got for PPP in the first place, it's going to be a super easy application is to say, hey, here's my tax return. I can show that this was all uh, within the, 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 empl- the, the owner's compensation replacement. Mm-hmm. And it's just an easy checkbox and you'll get it forgiven. And that's just more of an administrative kind of book, bookkeeping thing rather than anything else. Great. Super easy. Another thing, though, that we need to keep in mind is that, like, there's a deadline for this. And it there was a, a first deadline that people might be like, why are we talking about this in April? I thought the deadline was March 31st, but they extended it to May 31st, correct? The deadline is May 31st. Um, however, it is a limited amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a little bit of urgency here. Will we make it all the way till May 31st? I don't know. Um, it, we, we may or we may not. So I really recommend if you're interested in, and you think you qualify for all this of, of going through that application process as quickly as you can, Mm -hmm. it really from, you know, what is, what does this application process take nowadays? The UI on some of these websites has gotten really easy because they're processing a ton of applications. If you've already done your tax return, the whole thing from start to finish could take you an hour. And do you and have to have done your 2020 or I think I got mine having just done my 2019. I didn't even do 2020 yet. And that's the case. For yeah. The first draw, right? So, you know, there's there's going to be this term that's called like a first draw versus a second draw uh-huh. of the PPP loan. And what that is, is you may have actually heard this right. Last summer was when the PPP first kind of came about. If you got funds at that point in time and now you're getting funds for a second time and we can talk about what you, what you need to qualify for that then you'll need to have your 2020 tax return. However, if this is the first time applying, you could qualify with your 2019 or 2020 revenue. Got it. So therefore, you could qualify with, with either tax return. And the only reason you'd have to get your 2020 taxes done before applying would be if you needed, if you thought that your revenue was going to be higher and therefore that would qualify you for a larger amount. Another thing is that you have to have been in business. I remember this was when I was applying. It said uh, you have to have been in business February 15th, 2020. I think that was the date. That's right. And and again, that's for that first draw where the only thing you need is just one of those tax returns and to check that box, which is that you technically were in business before this whole pandemic thing started. Now, I will say, though, you know, one asterisk with that, I think for the positive is you know, is, there's always a little bit of a gray area about when did you officially go into business. Right. And, you know, it may be, you know, your first check didn't arrive until, you know, February 16th of 2020. But that doesn't mean you weren't hustling and had your website open and 
had all of these other expenses and you were clearly in business before that date. So there are, you, you might have to provide a little bit more documentation for something like that, but there are absolutely ways for you to still qualify here. Mm -hmm. And so my general rule of thumb is like, if you were, were especially if you had a, a, any sort of freelance income in 2019, you qualify easy. Right. If you had income or freelance income in 2020 and you were kind of, you know, you had kind of started transitioning either in 2019 or in early 2020, then you're, you're, you're likely going to qualify and, and pass that test. When you hear like, I started my business, when did I set up my business or whatever? Sometimes people think like, oh, that's, I needed to sign something or I needed to like register somewhere. That's not the case. The IRS sees you as a business anytime that you are making money independently uh, through work that you're not on payroll for. Yeah, there's this, you know, great existential issue in there of, you know, and something that we see at brass taxes all the time, which is that, you know, when you're first getting off the ground or you're starting to have these alternative income streams outside of like a W-2 employee job, mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't feel that you're as legitimate as the IRS and the U.S. government thinks you are. Mm -hmm. And you're entitled to the full benefits of being a business, which in this case includes this whole program. So if you are like, oh, okay, actually, this might apply to me. I am someone who wants to do this. Uh, you have to now find a lender, right, and apply through them. Yeah. So this is not one that goes through like the SBA or something. This is through any financial institution. So your local bank, your local credit union. There's a bunch of the, the online places that are doing this as well. The first place I would go is whoever you bank with currently. Mm -hmm. Just so you don't have to open up any accounts or anything funky. So if you're currently at one of the big banks, go ahead and try to see if, if they already have uh, their application process open. If they don't, my recommendation as your second stop is going to be checking out one of the local credit unions mm -hmm. that we've got listed in the Brass Taxes Guide for working with people that are non-clients. There's a couple, the, the top one that's honestly on my list enough to, to name drop is Cross River Bank. Mm -hmm. there have, they were this really small credit union that just has processed now like a billion dollars worth of these, these loans. And they have this amazing experience. People are getting 24 to, se to 72 hour turnarounds from oh, application wow. to money in the bank. I know that there's also like online lenders where you don't need to have any sort of established business with them and it doesn't necessarily need to be a, a business bank account. That's like one potential hurdle you might run into if you're already with a big bank that you um, don't have a business account with. Some might allow it without a business bank account. I'm not sure. But that's good to know that with that credit union that that's like people are having a lot of success with that one. Yeah. And if you're listening to this a little bit closer to the deadline, um, I'd recommend applying to as many lenders as you possibly can at that point. Uh, I don't think this is something you need to be doing in, in early to mid April, but how it works is the very first one that uh, is able to process your application. The SBA, which is kind of the, the, the governmental body that's issuing the actual funds for these, will issue you a unique number that's based off of your social security number and will automatically decline all other ones. So that is a tip that can be really useful if you're right near the deadline, you're trying to get it in, is just apply to a whole bunch. Um, it'll take you a little bit of extra time, but it'll increase your chances of making sure that you get an application in. One other big thing to, to note with all of this is uh, we, we this is a lot of this we've been talking about so far is all regarding the first draw, which mm -hmm. is the first time you're getting access to PPP funds. However, if you've already gotten access to those funds, whether that was this last summer or whether that was even or a little bit earlier this year, a month or two ago, 
you may be able to qualify for a second draw, which is an entirely second dip into this uh, under kind of some of the same rules. The only additional requirement when you're getting a second draw is that you need to show on a quarter over quarter basis. So let's say between quarter one of 2019 and quarter one of 2020, or quarter two of 2019 and quarter two of 2020, mm. you need to be able to show one of those as a 25% dip in revenue. Got it. Meaning that like, yeah, you lost business <laughs> from one year to right. the other in a particular quarter. In a particular quarter. Because again, you know, and, and that's important to, to really harp on because, you know, I have seen some, you know, when people were working remote and ends up that for whatever reason, 2020 ended up being a bigger year for them. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, that doesn't mean you can't get the second draw. If you can still show that there was one single quarter that from 2019 to 2020 had that 25% reduction, the total year over year does not matter. Interesting. Okay. And what kind of like how... Yeah, what do you need to show for that quarter to quarter comparison? It's a lot easy easier now, just because it again we're looking at revenue mm -hmm. rather than profit. So with revenue, as long as you've got like bank statements, for oh. example, and you can come up with a you know a quarterly breakdown just in some document, but then also have the supporting documents being like, hey, here you can see when all the actual money came into my account, and yeah, just do that quick math uh, from 2019 through 2020. To, to find the, the quarter that qualifies you. Interesting. Okay. That's really good to know. Uh, and so if I just got my first draw loan, then can I immediately go apply for the second draw? It's a great question. So officially to be able to get your second draw, you need to have fully dispersed your first one. Got it. Now, what does it mean to fully disperse it? Well, there's there's a couple different paths towards that. The, the, the typical one and the easy one is your, when you're getting forgiveness for your loan, you're doing it based off of 100% of it being owner's replacement compensation or based off of paying yourself, kind of like self-payroll, mm -hmm. right? If you're doing that path, all you need to do is wait two and a half months. Okay. Now you can pay yourself immediately. You can take that full check that you receive and go ahead and put directly into whatever personal expense you want or personal account or however you want to deal with it. You don't have to show that like that being paid out on a weekly or biweekly basis or anything over the course of those two and a half months. But to show that the loan has officially been dispersed, you technically would have to have waited for at least two and a half months. Got it. However, there is a slightly more complex alternative method where you could decrease that time. Okay. How's that? Because in addition to qualifying for forgiveness based off of paying yourself, you could alternatively include in some business expenses. So, you know, let's say right now you're applying for your very first draw in, in mid-April. Mm -hmm. And instead of, and then you immediately want to try to start the clock and get pushing on for the second draw before this May 31st deadline. It may be that it might still take you a month or so, but you probably could squeeze it in if you start really tracking your business expenses. Um, and then, yeah, there's unfortunately a little bit more nuance there of like what exactly can count and how those records need to, to happen. But that would be more of an advanced strategy if you're really trying to optimize this. And, and, and again, it's totally separate and not necessary for this first draw. So it, that that's the biggest thing I want to really push home here is just go and get your first draw. Yeah. If you want to try 
and optimize that later for the second draw, that's something that's worth exploring, but it's not necessary for this first uh, uh, money in your pocket. Yeah, you don't have to show expenses or anything for the, the first one, which is great. Exactly. So beyond May 31st, or whenever the money runs out, if that happens sooner, if you haven't applied for your second, you got your first one, but you didn't have a chance to apply for the second draw, uh, you're shit out of luck, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, you know, the, the, the one thing is that May 31st is actually when the, the applications need to be submitted. They don't need to have been processed by them. They, they gave all the financial institutions a whole bunch of extra time after that to process these. Oh, okay. However, yeah, I mean, you know, the big question mark is, are they going to keep on doing this? Right. I mean, we weren't expecting that this entire 2021 PPP loan was going to be available. Right. The original PPP loan ran out in in, in August of last year. Um, and they said, hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and put some more funds into this and um, and kind of extend this program. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk uh, on the uh, the legislative side of what is the rest of, stim- you know, stimulus rollouts or COVID support going to look like. Mm-hmm. So it's something to still keep on your radar if that ever enters back into the, the conversation with, you know, another stimulus bill or uh, expansion of that support. Got it. That makes sense. Cool. So go get this money. <laughs> like, don't yeah, sleep on this. Seriously. And if you need help, Brass Taxes has a guide. Uh, can you tell us where to find that? Absolutely. Go to help.brasstaxes.com and then search PPP. It'll be the very first thing that that comes up. And that guide walks through all the the, the stuff we talked about today, in addition to a lot more detail of exactly how you can calculate your amount, what documentation you're going to need, and a list of lenders that we've been searching just on a regular basis to keep that updated on lenders that are currently accepting applications, whether you're a client or not. So for any of the answers, uh, recaps to what we've talked about, or even answers to additional questions, definitely check out that guide. Um, it can it can go a long way in, in helping you get that, that money in your, in your pocket. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much. Thanks, Caroline. All right, it's time now for our interview with Deirdre Mangan and Adam Newman. Adam's been a brass taxes client for several years, and this year he successfully convinced Deirdre to come on board as well. According to Russ, though, it was not a super easy sell, so we invited them to come on the show and uh, talk about how it all went down. He told me that, Adam, it took you a long time of talking to Deidre about brass taxes before she was on board. Yeah, well, she's had this uh, tax person that she's just constantly frustrated with and is like, I think I'm getting I think she's she's not doing I don't know. If I, I'll let you get into it, Deirdre. But it's like, I don't know if she's not doing her job or doing a shitty job or fucking you over or what? Oh, wait, are we allowed? To, is this a clean family friendly? Po- po- uh, I know it's a podcast. Yeah, but it's, and uh, ship has sailed a long time. I ago. didn't know. Yeah. If, I didn't know if it were like we're talking tax stuff. We got to keep it. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I, it's been 10 years, and that's the first time I've been like, do we have to keep it clean on the podcast? Like, it's a, <laughs> like it's my first. It's a reflex. Every time, any podcast, as soon as somebody's like, fuck, they're like, oh, am I allowed to say that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what happened was this. I, uh, I'm i a TV writer, so uh, at some point, you just, you get a lot of your financial stuff 
uh, through word of mouth. It's just like you'll be sitting in a writer's room uh, year after year, different writer's rooms. And at some point, taxes or something comes up and, and somebody's, I've been asked the question so many times, oh, are, are you incorporated? Are you incorporated? My manager, are you incorporated? Like, and, and I'm like, no, not yet. I know that's bad. I don't know why. Uh, and, and, you know, I just had vaguely heard there's, it, there's, uh, it's, it makes more sense tax wise. Uh, and I had avoided it for so long because I'd also heard uh, that you can't apply for unemployment, like you can no longer, you know, receive unemployment when you're an S corp. And I'm just forever, I've forever been the person who's like, someday they're going to figure out I'm a fraud. They're going to make me leave my office and I will lose my apartment. There's that fear of like, I won't be a writer again. And that, that has like since ceased. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I, I know myself. I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed. Like if I had to do TurboTax by like question 10, I'd be like, I'm fucking out. I'm like, I'm like, Adam, you know, like I would just, I would get overwhelmed. Adam's seen it. Like I, I had him just sit next to me one day while I was like figuring out some piece of paperwork just because I needed like the support to get through it. I'm like, send me all day long over here to like, figure out like making a character and worlds and all that shit. But like the moment, like finances, my future, the money, like any of that stuff gets brought into play, I get overwhelmed quickly. So uh, I got to a point where I was making very good money and uh, I'm like, I guess I'm supposed to incorporate and I know I've been putting it off. And so I gotten a new lawyer and they set up the escort paperwork for me. And this lawyer had done my deal uh, with a studio on a show. And I asked a friend of a friend, not through my lawyer, because um, I, I found personally, when you ask for recommendations from like your representatives, I get a little leery of my representative, who my representative recommends, because I don't like too many of my people who like, are powerful to like aggregate power is like what I'm, do you know what I mean? Like, um, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I get a little, I'm like, I don't know who you're recommending me and I don't know why. And so I want to find those, those resources myself. And I asked a lawyer, a friend of mine, not entertainment, just a friend, uh, not connected to the industry. Hey, can you recommend somebody? And some, the guy you wanted to recommend was like, I got too many people right now, but here's someone I recommend. So that's how I found her. And I was like, I've never had an S Corp before. She's like, oh, we're going to get you set up. We're going to do every, we're gonna, all this stuff. I've been looking at these emails lately of uh, what she's been, what she told me, what she sold me of like setting me up for payroll and all this stuff. I have to read you guys one of these emails or some of it. It's the most confusing. <sighs> anyway, uh, so I get set up with her that way. I don't know what I'm doing. And meanwhile, the whole time I'm making money and, and uh, she's my accountant, I am on a show and it takes up so much of your time and your whole head, your whole head is just in that. And that's why you kind of want somebody to be paying attention to your money uh, if you can and making sure things are getting done and like business licenses are filed and all that stuff. Uh, so that's where I started and I had no idea what I was doing. So it took me a while to figure out 
that she was also out to lunch and didn't know what she was doing. Ah, uh, really? It wasn't what? until... Oh, go ahead. From your understanding at the time, what was the agreement? Because I think very often, like, people are paying, like, 5% of all their revenue to just not think about this stuff at all. Or, like, it's often that people are paying a lot and getting very little or not even understanding what they should be getting. So I was just curious, when did it start and what was how was how was the relationship supposed to work? Like, did, it sounds like she just over-promised and under-delivered, but what were the parameters that you were even thinking she was going to do for you? The parameters I was thinking, I didn't want a business manager because that's, I, I feel like you got to really be making really good money to have a business manager. And that's more like a percentage. And that made sense. I, mm -hmm. I wanted someone, uh, my escort had already been set up by my lawyer's office for a fee. So all uh, I was looking for was somebody to help me with taxes. And, uh, and first uh, she promised, she's like, I can set you up with payroll. I can help you. Like we have people who do payroll. I can set you up with payroll. And I didn't, I didn't know what the importance of that was because I knew it was just going to be me. I'm a single person, uh, under this S corp. And so we would have some, we had like one conversation over the phone about it and I couldn't tell you what she said to me. It was just, a, we'll do this, this, it was a lot of, we'll do this in the future. Uh, so she she set it up. Um, we started together in 2019, and it was when I was paying 2019 taxes that I realized uh, the thing that that I figured out was I had an extension. She put in an extension for me, um, and uh, she never had me separate. We never ended up setting up payroll. She told me it was okay. I was like, we haven't set up payroll yet. I know we're supposed to, uh, but I'm, I'm starting to pay my bills right now because I've been working. So I've just been transferring money from my business account to my personal account. What should we do? Should we set something up? And she gave me some answer. I didn't understand as to why that was fine. And that would work. And uh, so I let it be because I was so busy doing work and you thought she had it. Yeah. Yes. When, when we finally like were filing and I was paying, uh, she dropped all the, you know, the email on me that was like, okay, here's how much, here's how much you owe. And I'm looking it over and I'm like, why do I, why do I have late fees already? Why have I already accrued late fees from the state and the IRS? And, uh, and that she didn't tell me, she never told me. And what's, Funny is one of the first things I saw on your website was just a blurb, an explanation that was like, hey, by the way, if we file an extension, you have to guess how much you have to estimate, how much you're going to owe, and you have to pay it, or you will accrue late fees. She didn't tell me that when she asked me if I needed to file an extension because I was busy at work. So frustrating. Can I just read you guys a, a little bit of an email from her, like, and, and tell me if you totally understand this as English. <laughs> she didn't know that I was never going to use her again, even though I, I wrote her a, a very upset email uh, a while back. Hey, Deirdre, just wanted to let you know the deadline for Blue Sunday is March 15th. Do you have the income and expenses? Also, do you have your personal tax data? I like to prepare both at once, since the S-Corp is a flow-through entity, which means it affects your personal tax return. I don't know what any of that means, and I don't know why she would think I would. 
Well, it's. I'm trying it's to read weird. Russ's face to see if he knows what it means or not. I knew you, all the things, but yeah. I, I think, I what I find not how I would have said it <laughs> is the communication. Yeah, yeah. It's none of that stuff is wrong, but like you're just assuming that you know Deidre's sitting there with like, well, I got these income and expenses sitting over here. Oh, here's the request for them. I'll mm-hmm. go ahead and feed them to you. And then as soon as she said flow through entity, I knew I was like, boom, that's like that'll turn your brain off. Yeah, because if you came into me and she was like, they're asking for my flow through entity, what do I do? I'd be, and I'd be like, I don't know, get a different person. I don't know what that means either. This was like a, it was a common, a common issue where she would uh, message me text or, or email and I would have so many follow-up questions. She wouldn't always get back to me, but like what was always so funny about her responses to my follow-up questions is that they usually created more questions and didn't answer the initial questions. And so she writes this to me knowing that when I first came to her, the whole thing, like the whole premise was we got on the phone and I was like, I don't know anything about having an S-corp. I, I, I would, I need help with this. I need you to hold my hand. Like, and this is documented on email over email and we did it over the phone. And she was like, I got you. Uh, we're we're gonna figure this out. I'll show you the payroll stuff. I'll show. None of that happened. And what was the agreement for how payment would work? Was it like a flat fee for each return? Was it hourly? She said it would be a flat fee for the return. Uh, and and she didn't she didn't have an exact number up front. I think she gave me like a range, but it wasn't going to be a percentage, um, because she wasn't she was only really going to be preparing my taxes and initially like preparing my taxes. And, uh, we were supposed to set up, uh, she was supposed to get me set up with payroll with somebody that she knew who would, who could do payroll and that we didn't do that. It's so frustrating hearing that, that email too. Like I, obviously I I haven't been getting them, but it's like, just, I, I hate when things are left so wide open, especially if I'm paying money for something. I'm like, give me a bulleted list of the services you're providing uh, when they get done, like dates per year, you know, like if things are due at certain times, just like I want a layout of the services I'm getting and what I'm paying for them. And like this, I mean, I, I know this isn't like a, obviously you guys aren't like paying your clients to come on here and like pump up brass taxes, but like, clearly I'm on this because I've been happy with it. And I'm trying to get my, my girlfriend on it, but like, everything's I just want clear. It. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm paying money for a service for a thing that is confusing for me. I want to know how much I'm paying what services are being provided and what you need for me to do it. And I love that you guys do that. And then I'm also blown away when I talk to other people who do their taxes and they're like, yeah, man, my, I pay my tax person $2,500 or something. And I'm like, for what? Like, I mean, I don't, you know, I know everyone's prices are a little bit different, but my, I have, I have a pretty simple tax thing, but mine's usually a couple or a few hundred dollars. And versus how I used to do my taxes before I worked with you guys, like uh, I get, thousands of dollars swung back in my favor so it's more than than worth it so to be getting emails that are just like jargon i don't understand leaves me with more questions than i had before and someone who's not very responsive and i don't know how much they're working and i don't know how complete my work's being done is just sounds so frustrating so i just wanted to like shake deirdre and be like the people i work with make this easier i promise i promise (laughs) they're very like you'll also get along with them i've never dealt with anybody who's like condescending i've never dealt with anybody who is uh who, who who confuses me everybody's always pleasant and nice 
they're uh, they're probably also freelancers or they're also probably creative people. So uh, that was my that was basically my pitch. Um, I'm out of here. (laughs) And then hearing that, Deirdre, like, how did you respond when he was trying to convince you? Well, I think uh, when he was first telling me about brass taxes, I know it was I know I was at the time complaining about the woman because I was in a the lot, midst of a lot. The, I was well when I was when I was in the midst of 2019 taxes with her. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare because I was getting my my I was going through my expenses. She was like, "Okay, so just uh, here's how I like to do it um, with Wells Fargo with your accounts. Uh, you can set up a, a guest to sign in. You can do a guest sign in for people like me." So she. I she I set up a guest sign in that's like secure. They can't actually do anything with your mm. money, but they can see. And uh, I was like, I don't know how you're. I know, like when something was a meal between me and a manager, or like I know when a travel expense was uh, for work. But how are you gonna know? And so. I, I gave her this stuff and she was going through all of it. But then I also was going through it at the same time because I'm like, I don't, I don't trust her to, how could she possibly know? So then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do the Amazon stuff or I'm going to do the, this. And, and at some point when I'm still doing expenses, like figuring them out to send to her, she sends me a done tax return she like sends, it's completed she's like, like it can't be it she can't sends be completed. it and i was that's exactly what i i was like uh and and so she's like so you're only gonna have to pay twenty three thousand dollars and and this and and six thousand dollars and i was like but wait a minute and Based then i said yeah like, can't we I say send- some of those were business drinks or something like well that's what's weird too is like if I was on Deirdre's side, I would be like, wait, you're just pulling shit randomly and throw like throwing shit at the wall. Yeah. I could do that by myself. I actually saw what you guys sent Deirdre and you actually have like a uh, Excel spreadsheets and stuff. You actually send to people now that organizes them. When I did it, uh, you probably still do this too, but I, I feel like an old guy. You're like, back in my day, you were like <laughs> this envelope system where you're putting them all into envelopes. And yeah, I really like the envelopes. That was, envelopes I wouldn't do a spreadsheet. Yeah. I, I personally couldn't get myself to turn on a computer if I bought like yeah. masking tape for work. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I basically have tape. your envelope system in a text edit file where it's just like research, uh, yeah. uh, meals and entertainment professional development and it's just categories and every time i get a receipt i just put them in those categories and then i stick all those receipts in a shoebox and at the end of the year for two days i go through the receipts and i go through my my little thing and my my little text edit file and i just add them all up and then i put them in to your thing and it's it's like oh here we go pain in the butt but it's not a pain in the butt compared to like every other person i know who is uh just lost with either a pile of receipts or a pile of receipts that they know exists somewhere, but they don't know where it is and they have to fudge or figure out where to, how much they spent on what all year long. Yeah. I think the part that's tiring that we try and minimize is that just like going up, adding up together a bunch of numbers is time consuming, but not mentally exhausting. No. I think the mentally exhausting part is like, what is this meal? 
on August 31st for Starbucks. And where does it go? $19.21. August 19th. Let me, and it's like, it's the decision making, like that burns out our brain. Yeah. But the actual just adding up numbers is. No, they're already in the category. It just takes time. It takes time. It takes time. And the number of times I want to punch myself in the face over the last couple of weeks when I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go through my Venmo account just in case anything was in there, any expenses were in there. And now I'm looking at stuff that I sent to Adam where I thought it would be really funny when I had to pay him 180 bucks to be like, blow Jays, ha ha ha. And now I'm like, no, I need to know what the fuck that money was for. Yeah. And I'm like, it was really blow Jays. <laughs> it was definitely not blow Jays. No. And, blow Jays. Yeah. I, I also forgot. The question was like, how did I, how did Adam end up like convincing me? And uh, I was in the midst of that. 2019 nightmare where she like sent me the return done and I hadn't even sent her like the expenses. And then after I sent her the expenses, it was $3,000 less than, you know, I owed $3,000 less. And I, I kind of want to go through those 2019 taxes with a fine tooth comb, but I'm afraid to, uh, after this woman did them. But, uh, so I was in the midst of that and he was like, brass taxes, my guys, my guys are so, and I was like, I really need you to not right now. That's not helpful to me. At this I don't want moment. to hear about anything better. I'm it's, struggling through yeah, my uh, it's experience. Not the, it's not the right time because I'm already in the middle of it. I'm like, I will leave the abuser in a minute. I just need to get through this. I and, just need them a little bit longer. Yes. Uh, uh, so it was finally when uh, it was after that nightmare experience in the months following, like I had... I, that's when I was like, I got to get somebody better. I interviewed a couple of people and then I was like, okay, I can't do that. And then uh, it was finally, I think when I was, this is all middle of the pandemic. I get, uh, you know, I was able to pay half of my federal. Uh, I was like, you know, hanging on to everything, worried about rent and making everything stretch. And I, I had said to her, Hey, can I, can I do a payment plan? Can I, and again, with that too, she was like, ah, you'll pay it off before you need to get a payment plan. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, You're like, um, look at my shit. You should know. I don't have I, it. I was like, what, what? Uh, so I paid half my federal, paid all my state. And, uh, and the state, by the way, keeps coming back and telling me, Hey, you're, you got a little bit of a late fee. And I was like, no, I actually definitely paid this, uh, and paid anyway, uh, I'll have to take care of that. But, uh, so I had this lump where I was like, all right, I got to do something about this. First of all, I'm never talking to this woman again. Uh, but, um, that's when, uh, again, I was talking to Adam about it cause I was stressed and he's like, I'm telling you, you gotta see my brass Texas people. They're all, they're, they're creatives. This is like for people who are this is exactly for us like this is for people like us they know what they're doing and the first time i even just logged onto your website i think i was like ah, it's <laughs> so easy and so <laughs> so many things are explained just by the website dashboard yeah that's what like uh, <laughs> i think like the the thing that's and and it's funny for some people to hear like, oh, they're creative, so they're going to be good at this. Because some people think that that's like, well, no, I want, yeah, so. I want like a yeah. money guy to do this, you know. Yeah. But what we do and what I, you know, it's you're sort of like translating for people, you know, like it's it, it's just it's so much more communication than it is math. It's about meeting people where they are. And yes. yeah, I think that's like the majority of what we do exceptionally well. <laughs> they should be able to 
speak to you in a way that's like, hey, I get that you don't want to have to deal with all this stuff. Here's what you need to know to feel empowered in your decision making and to like understand that where the line is between like something that you need to worry about and something that you don't need to worry about or like That's most of my questions for you guys is like is that a red flag is that yes. a red flag yeah. and you're like no you don't have to worry about that but that's really what it is is it's like i bought this much shit for you know that i consider part of my comedy or whatever and i'm like was that a silly amount of wigs and you're like no that's okay that's fine you can spend 500 dollars on wigs it then- was indeed a silly amount of wigs but you can write it off yeah, yeah. you know like yes, yes. it's uh, silly but not uh but yeah but not it was an point. ordinary and necessary amount of wigs and so <laughs> yes. yeah you know, what i what i really wanted from her that i didn't get that i got so quickly switching over to you guys was I wanted to understand what's going on. What's next? When is this due? Like, what what do yeah. you need from me? Uh, and your dashboard alone, it's a place where I can keep logging in and and feel like, oh, I got another tax document and then I upload it and just the dopamine hit from uploading another like <laughs> like W2 or something, like anything. I, I'm like, I know now it's not just in a folder and I got to sort through it. It's like, it's already in there. And I have like, a, now I'm making little notes, like already loaded up to BT, like on stuff. And um, she just knowing what's next and what has to be done still, it, just having that really clear map of what's going on, like your website alone. And again, like under the expenses part, uh, in case you, my thing is always like, okay, so my New York times subscription is not a book or magazine, but it's a, but it's, is it a fee? Is that, a, is it and a like, fee? Cause it's and, monthly. Yeah. Like I could see calling it a fee. Yeah. The reason that we want to kind of know what category things are in is if we are ever like if we find ourselves in an audit, we want to be able to unwind that number without just blindly guessing. But from a mathematical perspective, it doesn't matter. So I don't want you thinking about it too much. And I don't want us fielding, you know, it's not worth our time slash your money to pay us to sift through those things. Yeah. Like Um, it's not going to get, you're not going to get like in trouble. You're not doing it wrong. If like something that is in fees, yeah, should have gone should've, in periodicals. Right. Max that out. Gone. Only if it's gone. like meals is something where it's like, okay, that gets treated differently math, math wise. And so that needs to be its own thing. But like, yeah, all the other stuff for the most part. I was, yeah. I was a, uh, a plaintiff in a, in a, like a big, like lawsuit between the WGA and like the agencies, like, mm. uh, which is, you know, since been all squared away, but we got to discovery. And after being through that process where you're like looking through all of your emails and like text messages from like years back and like, and thinking about just from a legal perspective, uh, how's, how's everything I've ever done recorded said, like, going to play out in a courtroom. And I think John Mulaney has a very funny bit about this, about some some joking, joking about murdering this guy's like noisy neighbor that got read aloud in court or something. Uh, but anyway, uh, so when I'm like doing my taxes, I'm always thinking in terms of the audit. Like when I'm like doing my expenses, I'm thinking in terms of, okay, so when I'm later like sitting down and I need to say like, okay, where did this write-off come from it's like I with I do it in notes in my little mac notes thing I'm so anal as to be like 
uh, it's in my Venmo and this is what it was for. And just so, because I I'm so scared of like that eventually being the case. I fantasize about audits sometimes. I mean, it's the last thing in the world I want, but I'm like, all right, they're going to come at me and they're going to be like, how do you justify this as a business expense? And I have to like show them a video I made where I used like two, yeah. two dildos that I wrote off or something. And I'm like, here it is in a comedy video that never got released, but like I'm showing it to the IRS and they're like, yeah. Ugh. And like wait for the end, wait for the end. It's worth it. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> The third one comes in at the end. It drops from the sky. And they're like, so how much money did you make off this? And I'm like, you're allowed to take a blast of however many years in a row. You got to spend money to make money, you know? Yeah. Oh, my I God. I feel like when I talk to I, I've done taxes with both of you and one or two other people from Brass Axes. And every single time I've left going, OK, every time I asked if I could write something off, they were totally like, yeah, of course, that's part of like they totally understood that it was part of uh, an entertainer's uh, in, in their in their categories that, that fit in. But if like if I go to an H&R block or something like that, they're going to be like, wait, what do you use that? For? Like they, they just you have to like explain gonna... yourself and then they're making yeah. judgment calls. You know, like a lot of times they're, you know, they're like, well, yeah. I don't know. You're not right. like the 80 other people who came in before, you know, oh. and yeah. But and, I mean, and I know you weren't asking me, you're asking Deirdre because it was much more recent. But mine was I don't even remember how long it was, six, seven, eight years ago when, when I got recommended to you guys. It was a similar thing. It was uh, another comedian it was uh, matt mccarthy said go to brat tax brat brass taxes i use them and they they same thing they understand entertainment people they work with a lot of comedians i went to the website and it was the video of russ wearing a suit and then backs up you, you can't write this off because i wear it in my personal life too and then it pulls out and you're wearing a diaper and it's like <laughs> but i can write this off because it's just for my video and i'm like I love these guys. I love it. I totally, <laughs> I was like, it was like one of my main questions that I was like, what can I write off? What can I write off? It's like for a comedian or a entertainer, entertainer, it's just one of the main questions was just answered immediately. It was answered in a funny way. And it was like, a, I mean, it was, uh, it was above and beyond funny for a tax person. It was like, all right, diaper, <laughs> a guy in a diaper. This is my guy. And not everyone's going to think that, but I was like, I got, you know, I got recommended from a comedian who was in commercials and making a lot of money at the time. And I figured had a more complicated situation than me. It was people who had uh, run in a circle with me, with me of UCB and other stuff. Yeah. And, um, and it was like, just bam, questions answered in a friendly way that I understood right off the bat. And then it was super professional and not too silly when I actually sat down to get the business done. So I've obviously stayed with you guys and it's been great. I think with all this stuff, a big part is like the person has to understand your industry and you have to feel comfortable talking to them. And I just, I, I end up saying that every podcast and I feel like it's like, because the whole industry like needs to change. Like that should be a prerequisite to anybody you go to for financial advice or at very least tax advice. Um, and it's just, yeah, like I think people just expect a bad experience and then or just like not bad, but like, you know, it's going to be somewhat unpleasant is the bar. Um, this year was the most pleasant experience I ever had paying six thousand dollars to the government. <laughs> I think I think it's very when you when you say that, Russ, about they should know your your industry. I think in that sense, it's it should be uh 
structured a little bit more like lawyers that have specialties in say intellectual Mm -hmm. property or criminal law. Like I think somebody who's doing your tax prep should absolutely understand your industry. Yeah. We, I, I think there's a misperception that like, you know, people ask, uh, often if I'm a CPA and so a CPA is just like a third party licensing organization. So I happen to be an enrolled agent, which is an IRS designation, but like you really don't need any accreditation to file taxes. And nor does either of those accreditations mean they would be good at your taxes. You know, so we very often uh, refer out issues that we don't specialize in. I was just thinking like when I'm thinking in terms of restaurant menus, when you go to a place that has like like a two-page menu and it's Mm -hmm. smaller and they really do those things well versus when you walk into a cheesecake factory and they hand you an encyclopedia and you're like there's no way there's no way even half of this shit is good i think it may have been a john mulaney joke but he kept going to this one diner in his hometown and and ordering the lobster (laughs) oh my god that they had on the menu and they're like we don't have that today and he's like (laughs) well i don't see anything else here i want to eat (laughs) and there's something that's just even if i think i could have done that or i think i know the answer the answers to the questions i had last year like i'm going through a company that specializes in this it's being sent on my behalf through them which means i know that all the t's are crossed and i's are eyes are crossed i do my eyes wrong and uh i know that i just know that everything i'm sorry i needed to throw a joke in or i feel uh insecure i feel weird um but uh yeah no there's another there's just another peace of mind being like okay a company that specializes in this sent it in and i know everything was taken care of and uh nothing was was left off and i i like all that as well yeah i i think at one level we just want to appeal and say like it's not that it's that complicated. It's just not worth your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Nothing's mm-hmm. worth. Like, yeah, and I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> um, nothing's worth my time. Nothing's worth my time. I don't know why. I'm right, going to go right. nap again. I feel that way sometimes. I, I, oh, we're napping as soon as this is done. I can't wait. I think yeah. we're done. <laughs> we're done. That's our show. Thank you to our guests, Deirdre Mangan and Adam Newman, and to Eric Stoddard as well. This has been Brass Taxes, produced by me, Caroline Craighead, with Russ Garofalo. Our theme music is Settle Up by Don Will. The first three episodes were mixed by Sarah Galdis. Thank you, Sarah, for setting a high bar and uh, leaving big shoes to fill. I'm very grateful for her help early on. Thanks to all our guests and to all of you who listened. If you want to keep in touch with me, you can find me at craighead.com. That's C-R-E-A-G-H-E-A-D. And of course, if you need tax help, go to brasstaxes.com. And don't forget to use the code POD25 to get a $25 discount if you're a new client. All right, that's it. Nothing left to do but nap. Take care.